Good morning. It's Monday morning and we have our morning devotion right now. So welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. So um, I believe this morning's word will really bless you. So I'm just going to get right into it. It's all things that you know, but it's everything that is things that we really need to hear um, daily, things that we need to hear regularly. Okay, so I'm going to start reading in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, Therefore there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, so you have a position in Christ. And if you, if you are in Christ... No condemnation. No condemnation. Now it declares a little bit more further of those who are these people who are in Christ. He says, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. In other words, they, they are not controlled by outward rituals and dictates pertaining to the flesh. That is the law of Moses. But they are controlled by the inward leading of the Holy Spirit, the promptings or the dictates of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us because of the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Right, so uh, verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. So the law of Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, it's in Him, it's in the Spirit, so that law in the Spirit can only rule over me if I am there, if I'm in the Spirit. If I am under the law of Moses, there is condemnation, there is a judging, judgment towards me. So the law speaks judgment to me, but the Holy Spirit speaks freedom to me. All right? So if I'm constantly looking at the law, I will function and operate in judgment and condemnation. So if I realize I'm not under the law, but under grace, if I realize I'm in Christ, in the Spirit, born from above, born from Him, and, uh, and I yield to Him, then His Spirit rules and reigns. He becomes my new law. So my decision-making is not based on an outward written code, an outward written uh, law, you know, engraved on stone. But my decision-making is based on the Spirit of God inside me, moving me by His love. 2 Corinthians 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Let me just say. Ah, okay. I got it. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. So, he says, the love of Christ moves us, impels us. For we are of the opinion that if one died, then all died. Okay, so the whole point of being in Christ Jesus is that I died. And that takes us to... Uh, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. So, and this is in Christ's death for me, I have died to it. Okay, so you can read Romans 6 with it. But I've been crucified with Christ. Um, and yet I live, but it is not I that live. Christ is alive on the inside of me. So, he died for me and he was raised again for my sake. So that he could live inside me for me. So if I'm in him, I'm dead, but I'm alive forevermore. If I'm in him, the Adam man was crucified and killed and buried in baptism and raised and Christ, the Christ man was raised in me. So I was set free from sin by Christ's death for me and I was set free from the law 
by Christ's death for me. So I died to sin, Romans chapter 6. I died to the law, Romans chapter 7, so that I might live in unbroken fellowship with him. So it says also Romans 7 verse 8, without the law, sin is dead. So we died to sin, died to the law, because Jesus was crucified and all the punishment that the law describes came upon him. So now that I am alive in him, risen with Christ, I've received the Holy Spirit. I've been risen with him. Now that I'm in Christ, seated with Christ in heavenly places, there is now no condemnation for me. For everyone who are in Christ, who lives not after the dictates of the flesh, the law of Moses, that stirs up the forbidden desire, Romans chapter 7, verse 5, um, and with the the law that it becomes a weapon to kill you, Romans chapter 7, verse 11. Um, So we are not living under the law that stirs up the flesh life anymore. But we are under grace. Romans 6 verse 14. Sin shall not exert dominion over you, since you are not under the law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's mercy. So being under the law is what keeps the sin alive in you. So if you have a sin lurking in your members, if you have a sinful predisposition of one one thing or another, um, it just means that you are judging yourself. It means that you are, in your mind, you are relating to the law of Moses, and that thing gains power over you, okay? So it's because of judgment of the law that that thing gains power. But I want to tell you, you who believe in Jesus, you who have received the Holy Ghost, you who have received the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice, let me tell you this. You have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians chapter 3. So you are new. You are in him. I want to remind you of your position. You are in Christ. And you who are in Christ, there is no condemnation for you. So I want to encourage you to live and move not by the dictates of the flesh, the law of Moses, judgment, taking a magnifying glass to your past, taking the magnifying glass to what you do in order to become righteous. But I want to encourage you to live after the dictates of the flesh. That means to live a life of surrender to the Holy Spirit, to live a life of being completely open to Him and to let Him decide in you what's the next move, what's the next word, what's the next thought, what's going to happen today. Okay? He then determines how you feel inside. I think it's amazing if we can, if our emotions can be taken over by the Holy Spirit, then you feel what He feels. You think what He thinks. You say, you say what He says. You have peace. You have joy. And that's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. So you are counted righteous because you're in Christ, because you believe in Jesus. Okay, so there's no condemnation for you. Now He says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being. You see there? It affirms what I just said, the, because we walk not of the dictates of the flesh. It speaks of the law of Moses, dictates of the Spirit. It speaks of the new law, which is the Spirit dwelling in us. Okay? It affirms this. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death, which is the law of Moses. Okay? Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 says, um, 
the ministration of condemnation and death engraved in letters on stone came with glory. So, so it is that law of sin and death engraved in letters on stone is what we have been set free from by the Holy Spirit. Okay, now he says verse 3. For God has done what the law could not do. Its power, the law of Moses, its power being weakened by the flesh. The entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. So you need the Holy Spirit to fulfill the law in the first place. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you know, how can you work to try and fulfill the law to deserve the Holy Spirit coming to you when you actually need the Holy Spirit to fulfill the law in the first place? Uh, the standard, Romans chapter 7 verse 14 says the law is spiritual, but I'm a creature of the flesh. So carnal man can never attain to a spiritual standard. You will never be able to fulfill the law. So what you need is the Spirit of God inside you. The law only serves as a trap. The law only serves as a cage to keep you in bondage to your own thoughts, to your own lusts, to your own ideas. To your, and it, it helps you. The law helps you to lead yourself astray. <laughs> That's what it does. Okay? <laughs> but the, the, the less you judge yourself, condemn yourself, and the more you... You stand on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ um, and let the Holy Spirit tell you who you are and think in you and remind you of these presence within. Um, the, the more you will look like him and the less you will look like yourself. So freedom is not about uh, a one-time, it can be sometimes people are touched by the Holy Ghost and set free from a certain thing. But that's not the end of it. Freedom is not, a, it's not only a one-time event and you are set free from one certain thing. Um, that too, that also. But mostly, freedom is where the Spirit of the Lord is. Second Corinthians 3 verse 17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So it is about living in Christ. It's about living in fellowship with Him. It's about being in Him, united with Him. That's freedom. Okay? It's not about... Getting rid of this problem, this problem, that problem. It's, it's about being united to the Spirit. And the Spirit fulfills everything in the law. The Spirit has no problem with those things that you're struggling with. So the flesh nature is the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. So what you need to be free is the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, live in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, live in surrender to the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're not going to struggle with this, 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 this. So maybe certain parts of your life is surrender to the Holy Spirit, but surrender everything to him, okay? Let him go into every nook and cranny. Let him go. Let him, that's, that's what Jesus meant when he says, I baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Baptize, that word baptism means to be uh, submerged, yes, but it means to be saturated, okay? And I heard this from, from Prophet John Wasserman, and he said it's like a warship that's, that's sunk in the ocean, okay? And the water goes in everywhere, into the wood. It's like into the wood. It's, the water is everywhere. That's the word baptism. Baptism is being um, <clears throat> immersed, but also being completely saturated. All right, so we need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's the freedom. So it's not getting rid of something. It's gaining something. That's the freedom. The freedom is not in getting rid of this and this and this and this habit, because, but it's good to get rid of those habits. But how do I get rid of those habits? Embrace the Holy Ghost and do what he says. And do only what he says. 
And when temptation comes to do something else, embrace the Holy Spirit some more. Because he is the way out, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He is the, the, the escape route, the way out. The cross, the blood, and the body broken. Okay, that's a whole different teaching. But some of you have heard what I teach about that. Okay, so the way out of temptation is the message of the cross of Jesus. He is the body broken, the blood poured out. The way out is the words that the Holy Ghost speaks to you. Okay, so to, to turn away from temptation is to, again, yield to the Holy Ghost and receive the sacrifice. The sacrifice, um, a practical way of receiving the sacrifice is just take communion, okay, and let the Holy Ghost reaffirm the message of the cross in your heart. So take communion and take it regularly, okay? It's, it's a practical way of receiving the sacrifice, and it helps us to surrender our lives to Jesus, to surrender everything in our mind, everything in our body, everything to him. All right, so let's just get back to the scripture. It says, the law of the spirit of life which in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do, the law's power being weakened by the flesh. Now flesh is the entire nature of man without the Holy Ghost. Okay, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. God condemned sin in the flesh. Subdued, overcame, and deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Okay, let me just stand still here for a while. He has done what the law could not do. Okay, he sent his son in the guise of sinful flesh. Do you know that Jesus came in sinful flesh? Do you know that Jesus came in a human body? And Hebrews says he was tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 2 says, he took on our nature that by going through death he might bring to naught him who had power over death, that is the devil. So he took on our nature so that he could be a sympathetic, faithful high priest over the, things, uh, over the house of God. So he knows what you're going through. He's sympathetic towards you because he's experienced the same liabilities to temptation. He's experienced all of it. Jesus was in a sinful flesh body, but he never sinned. He resisted sin, Hebrews chapter 12, unto the pouring out of his own blood. All right? So I want you to just get this. Jesus didn't have a free ride because, it, because he had the Holy Spirit. He paid the price. He paid the price every second because he resisted sin. He, never, he withstood sin every second of his life in a flesh body. Every second. He withstood sin. And he only did what he saw the Father doing. Only. And he only... Did, uh, said what he heard the father saying he lived a life surrendered to the holy spirit so that we could receive the freedom of that same spirit and be made one with him okay so that he could overcome sin deprive it of its power what does it say here um he uh, subdued overcame deprived it of its power when we accept that sacrifice so if you accept the sacrifice of Jesus, if you receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that means you partake of the body and the blood of Jesus, the communion, and you remember him. That means you, you put your trust in the sacrifice of the cross, that that is truly the fulfillment of the law, and that is truly uh, the atoning sacrifice that pays your debt for, for sin and guilt. All right? If you accept it, the sub the, the life where sin is subdued and overcame and deprived of power comes to you by the cross. Comes to you in the form of the Holy Ghost. So whoever 
has the Holy Spirit, has this potential in them, that sin is subdued, overcame, and deprived of, of power. Who, whoever really yields his body to Christ, Christ meaning the Holy Ghost, the anointing, whoever really yields his body to Christ becomes the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, sin is subdued, overcame, deprived of power. So the more you embrace the Holy Spirit, the less you will struggle with the sin. So it's not in trying to overcome the sin. It is in embracing the Holy Ghost. Okay? Because Jesus subdued it, overcame it, and deprived it of power. So now we are in him. Now this body is the dwelling place of his spirit. And his spirit in his body subdued sin. Okay, so this is something I said a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know how many years ago now, but you've heard it by now. That uh, Jesus uh, is still alive in his flesh body right now. All right? But that flesh body, and I heard Kenneth Hagen say the same thing. That flesh body was taken up in spirit. So he's in heaven on the throne in his flesh body, but in the unseen realm, in spiritual form. But his flesh body is there. Okay? So, like Enoch was taken. He was, Enoch walked with God and he was not. Okay? <laughs> so, Jesus, a cloud received him out of the sight. He went from the seen to the unseen and he's there. And then, so he went into the spirit. And that's Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 2 is the spirit was poured out. So, where is Jesus' body? He's in the spirit. Where's the spirit? In you. So, if you have the spirit, you literally, physically are the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, sin is subdued, overcome, and deprived of power. So if you can get your mind lined up with God's mind, that means you hear the message of the gospel, and you believe it, and you surrender to it. You receive the sacrifice. You put your trust in the blood of Jesus, in the work of Jesus on the cross. That's your salvation. If you can surrender yourself more and more to what he says about you, that you are now holy, blameless, spotless, irreproachable before the, before the Father, that he has washed you clean and made you, he separated you unto himself and he has made you holy. If you can believe that and separate your, and, and surrender your body and your mind to that, guess what? Sin is subdued in your body. Okay, so it is in embracing the Holy Ghost. The law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death, which keeps me in bondage. Romans 7 verse 8, Romans 7 verse 11, Romans 7 verse 5. Okay, so the more we try, the less we are surrendered to the Holy Spirit. We don't stand on our own works. The more we surrender to what he already did. And let the Holy Spirit be preeminent in us. The more the fruit of what he paid for becomes reality in our lives. I hope this is clear to you. Okay. So in his body, sin is subdued, uh, overcame, deprived of power over all who accept that sacrifice. So there's one thing we need to be constantly doing. Accept the sacrifice. How do I accept the sacrifice? I believe it. How do I believe it? I, I hear something. How do you hear something? Someone preached, preaches it. How, do you, how does someone preach it? Well, they are sent. Okay, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring glad tidings. Where's my foot? There's my foot. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, 
What you hear will determine whether you struggle with sin or not. So just hear the cross. So if, if people are overemphasizing your role that you have to play, then you're going to struggle. Don't overemphasize your part. What is your part? Hear, believe, surrender. Turn to him, embrace him. It's all one thing. Hear the gospel, believe the gospel, embrace the Holy Ghost, surrender. That's your part. Okay? And then just do what he says. Obey him. You know, the promptings who live by the promptings of the Spirit, by the, the dictates of the Spirit. So the dictates of the Spirit is in essence the gospel, but then the Spirit dwells inside you and he moves you. That's also the dictates of the Spirit. So we need to hear, we need to believe, we need to surrender to him. Okay? That's your part. Your part is not to change this aspect about yourself, change this aspect about yourself, change this aspect about yourself. Because if, you, if your focus goes there, your focus goes away from the sacrifice, and then that thing starts to gain control over you. Okay? So uh, it's really simple and it's really powerful. Look to the cross. Look to him. Hear, believe, surrender. That's it. That's it. Okay, that's all. That's all you need. Okay, now it says in verse 4, So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. So do you want the law to be fulfilled in you? Sure. Me too. How is the law fulfilled in you? Stop trying to obey the law. But rather be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Okay? We live and move, move not in the ways of the, of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. So if you hear and believe the Holy Ghost, if you hear and believe the message that comes from him, you are obedient to the cross. Okay? So if you take Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 16 and 17 in the King James Version, it says, uh, for, uh, who, for Isaiah says, who hath believed our report? Okay? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, who has believed our report to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. So then he refers to Isaiah 55, that's a depiction of the cross of Christ. So how do I obey the voice of the Spirit, the promptings of the Spirit, as I believe the cross? The obedience that God wants from us is to put our trust in the finished work. That's the obedience that God wants for us. And then flow with him as the love moves you, as the Spirit moves you, flow with him. Move as he speaks, speaks. Be in the moment. Be conscious of him. Surrender to him. That's the surrender. So it's here, believing. It's surrender your life. And that's it. That's all there is to it. Okay? So if you see there's something rebellious in lurking in your members, Colossians chapter 3 says, so, so kill all the desires lurking in your members. How? Well, the previous verses explains it. Colossians chapter 3, if you have been risen with Christ, remember Romans 6, if you have been risen with Christ uh, to a new life, he says, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. So say, think of it, meditate on those things which are above where Christ is. So get your mind on the things of the Spirit, okay? And he says, for as far as this world is concerned, you have died. Galatians 2.20, okay? You have died. Romans chapter 7, verse 4, you have died. You have undergone death as to the law, so that you can live. For Romans chapter 6, verse 
If you've been baptized into Christ, baptized into his death, round about verse 4, 5, 6. Okay? You have died. You have died. All right? So if you understand that you have died, how do I resist temptation? How do I, if there's something standing up in me, rebellious against what the Spirit of God is saying? Okay? How do I get it out of the way? I surrender that aspect to the Spirit again. I take that thought that comes of temptation, I take it by the hand, and I walk it to the cross. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Our, wolf, our weapons of warfare, our warfare is not carnal, but mighty uh, through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and, um, you know, theories and everything that exalts itself above the true knowledge of God. So if there's something that wants to exalt itself above the true knowledge of God inside you, it has to be pulled down, pulling down of strongholds. Okay. He says, so we take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. What he says in 2 Corinthians 10. How do you do it? It's not like you try to deny the thought. What do you do? You take the thought by the hand. You say, come thought. Let's walk you to the cross. You, you think that thought. And you, think, you see how that temptation is taken to the cross and nailed to the body of Jesus on that cross. You say, hey, temptation, look. You have been nailed to that cross also. And that, then that thought loses its power over you. All right? The moment you try to deny it, the moment you try to, to just resist it and push it away, you are trying to change yourself by dependence on your own actions. It's the law. <laughs> and the moment you do it, that thing becomes bigger because it's got your attention. So instead of focusing on that thing and I'm going to fight this thing and I'm going to get it, no, just think, just, this is just a thought that came. Just take that thought and take it to the cross and leave it there. <laughs> All right? So let that thought come to an end. Let the thought, the train of thought, the train needs to get to the station. And the station is the cross. Don't just leave it hanging there. Take it there. Take your thought to the cross. Okay? All right. So, where are we with the time? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 10. This is actually the scripture I wanted. This was just to get to Hebrews 10, but that was fine. So, let's just read this. So, I just want you to see what, um, what Jesus did for you. All right? So, um, Hopefully, I can say a few things that I wanted to say. All right, so Hebrews chapter 10, verse, verse 8 says, he, just, he said just before, You have neither desired nor have taken delight in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, all of which are offered according to the law. So God doesn't delight in offerings. So if you want to try and make right, it's not God's delight. He delights in the offering of his son. And that's what he delights in. Okay, verse 9. He then went on to say, Behold, here I am coming to do your will. Thus he does away with and annuls the first former order, the law, as a means of expiating sin, so that he might inaugurate and establish the second latter order. That's the spirit. 
And in accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy, consecrated, and sanctified through the offering made once for all of the body of Jesus Christ. Okay, so I want you to see, this, that's the offering, that's the sacrifice, is the body of Jesus Christ. And through the offering made once for all, he has made us, made us holy. Okay, so let's just go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 3. It's, sin is subdued, overcame, deprived of power over all who accept that sacrifice. This is the sacrifice. So, you can't read this scripture and just say everybody in the world is now just made holy. Everybody isn't made holy. Just look around you. It's not, they're not. When will this sacrifice make someone holy? Is when you accept the sacrifice. When will the action that Jesus did 2,000 years ago of his body, mm-hmm. that, that blood was taken into the true holy of holies in heaven and it was put on the mercy seat. So it's in a place without time. It's in a place, you know, in the spirit. And that sacrifice shall avail for all time. If you go, if you read Hebrews. Okay. That sacrifice shall avail for all time. So now anyone can just go there and receive the sacrifice because the sacrifice is once for all. So that means it doesn't matter from which time you access the sacrifice. The sacrifice is always there as if it's just been brought. Always fresh. Okay. So it's a once for all sacrifice. That doesn't mean all the people in the world are now clean. Do you know there's soap in the world? But not everyone is clean. You know, some people are dirty. But there's, a, there's enough soap for everybody. Okay. Do you know that? Okay. So in the same way... There's enough of the blood of Jesus for everybody, but if the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice is never received, it will never have an effect. So we proclaim the forgiveness of sins, okay? Because in Christ, your sins are forgiven. But if you never received Christ, you never receive the forgiveness because the forgiveness is in him. Remember, I, I said it, First John chapter 1, if you dwell in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses you and keeps you cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. So there's a condition, if you dwell in the light. But God is light, there's no darkness in him. So that means Christ, in Christ, inside him. Constantly cleansed, constantly cleansed, constantly cleansed. So that means we need to contend to be in our consciousness, in our awareness, we need to be in there. Then it washes you clean, washes your conscience, washes your conscience. So the blood of Jesus is what keeps your conscience clean. The blood of Jesus is what what makes you holy. The blood of Jesus, that's the sacrifice. You need to receive the sacrifice. Otherwise, if you're going to focus on bringing your own sacrifice that God doesn't delight in, if you try to do this and this and this and this in order to overcome that, it's not going to work. The only thing that's going to happen is that thing that you're trying to fight is just going to get stronger and stronger and bigger and bigger. Until you look to the cross of Jesus. You say, Lord, I believe. That's the light. The light comes to you through the open door, which is the torn body of Jesus Christ. Okay? So if you dwell in the light, you're gazing at the cross, the light shining to you. The blood of Jesus cleanses you. So the cross is the source of the light. The cross is the source of the blood of Jesus. You need to spend your life at the foot of the cross. 
You need to spend your life gazing at the cross of Jesus Christ. You need to spend your life receiving the sacrifice, partaking of the broken body, partaking of his, of his blood poured out for you. Okay? Over all who accept the sacrifice. Be constantly accepting and receiving the sacrifice. Okay? So that you can be transformed into his image. At first, when you got saved, you got saved, that sacrifice got you saved. Praise God. But that same sacrifice will take you to perfection. Or you can just as well say that same sacrifice will transform you into his own image. So the Christian life is a life of yielding and surrender. It's a life sitting on your knees, surrendering to the power of the blood of Jesus. And you sit at the foot of the cross. Okay? That's the life we need to, be, to, to lead. So that's the, that's the position that you have is receiving the sacrifice. Okay. So, um, it is true that he has made us holy. Who's the us? Those who receive the, the sacrifice. It is true that we are forgiven. Who's the we? Those who receive the sacrifice. Okay. Is the forgiveness available for everyone? Is it God's will for everyone um, to receive this forgiveness? Yes. He, the sacrifice is enough for everyone of all time. But if you never get to a point where you believe it, it's not going to have any effect. Okay. So, now it says, verse 14. So now we know we've received the sacrifice, and the sacrifice is the blood of Jesus, his, his body. It's a once-for-all sacrifice. You have been made holy. You are holy. If you receive the sacrifice, then he says, for by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. So Jesus only had to die once and the sacrifice shall avail for all time. So, but all, all people need to get to a point where they, where they receive this sacrifice. All, all people need to, to be saved. You need to put your trust in the sacrifice of Jesus. You need to put your trust in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? And for you to be transformed into his image, you need to constantly look at that sacrifice and let that blood wash over you and let it fill your mind and uh, let it let, uh, yield your body to it, says Romans chapter 12. Be transformed by the entire new renewal of your mind, but present your body as a living sacrifice. Okay. So how do I present my body? That's where we started, the whole the yielding thing. Take communion. That's for the body. Okay? <laughs> you take his... <clears throat> sorry. You, you take the body and the blood and you, it becomes one with your body. Okay? So, in all levels, you can receive the sacrifice. Meditate on his word. Speak the word. Hear the word of the cross of Jesus Christ and believe it. So, now I just want to make a few declarations over you. You... You who believe in Jesus, you who are in Christ Jesus, I want to just declare this over you. You are forgiven, you are holy, you are blameless, you are perfect. If you've never received Jesus, I want to make this declaration to you. If you believe my words, you will be <laughs> holy, blameless, spotless. Okay, so just believe it. Receive the sacrifice. Jesus died for you. He loves you. Uh, he paid the price for all of your sin. All you need to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe. That's all. And you are holy, blameless, spotless, washed clean, perfect before God. All right. So we need to receive 
the sacrifice. Okay. All right. One last thought. Galatians. He says, Galatians 3, oh, you stupid, senseless, foolish, idiotic, unreflecting, thoughtless Galatians. Uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of obeying the law, or was it by hearing a message and believing it? And then he says, um, you who started in the Spirit, I think it's around about verse 3 or 4, you who started in the Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? So that so we don't move away, uh, move in the ways of the flesh, Romans 8 verse 1. We move in the ways of the Spirit. So the same message that brought you salvation is the same message that will transform you into his image. Stick to the cross. Stick to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Okay, I hope this made sense to you. Uh, it's, uh, there's a lot in there. So maybe it, this, is a, this is a good one to to listen a couple of times so <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot in there okay so let me just greet a few people ah there's janine good morning janine always good to see you here and dini from george bless you dini that's nice it's nice to see you and my beautiful wife Lenae and tato um Samang. it's nice to see you tato and lisa from from joburg and ilze bless you ilze thank you this is very helpful the way you need awesome um skun marietta Hello, Ma. Lako Ma is with the scene. And Phyllis Brand. Bless you guys. We hope you just have a. Ah, there's Dini. Bless you, Dini. So uh, it's just good to, to, to have just some kind of contact with you. I hope you have a really amazing week. I hope you have the best week you ever had. May you have an amazing, not a blue Monday, but an amazing Monday. And we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for another devotion. Be best.